Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group with our roundtable community outreach with the Illinois Army National Guard. Today is Saturday, February 18th, 2023. February is Black History and American Heart Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have a panelist with us, an historic event today. This is Major General Rodney C. Boyd. He is the assistant adjutant. Major General for the Illinois Army National Guard, the Supervisor of Management of the Illinois Department of Military Affairs, and a Chicago native. He is the highest-ranking person of color in the Illinois National Guard's 300-year history. And we're going to talk about the Adjutant General and all matters around the supervision and management of the Illinois Department of Military Affairs and the Illinois Army National Guard. To give you some brief background on our distinguished gentleman for today, he's a 41-year career Started as a Marine, he now serves as a principal assistant to the Adjutant General in all matters pertaining to supervision and management of the Illinois National Guard, managing about 10,000 citizen soldiers, served in Iraq and Afghanistan, bachelor in criminology, master in education, also a master's in strategic studies from the, from the U.S. Army of War College. His 23-year career in law enforcement saw him rise to the rank of chief of police for the city of Bellwood, Illinois. After law enforcement, briefly served as a vice president of operations at J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and also a supervisory criminal investigator for the Northwest University Police Department. Husband, father, grandfather, welcome to our show. Thank you. Glad to be a part of it. Glad to have you, and it's an honor and a privilege to have this conversation with you, sir. Can you hear us? Hello? Yes, thank you. you. I'm here. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I just want to give you a basically your, your, due, your due respect. So, Major General, tell us about what you do, and also give us a background on what the importance is of your job. Okay, so uh, you kind of mentioned it briefly in your introduction. So the the Illinois National Guard consists of the Army Guard and the Air Guard. Mm-hmm. Currently, under Army Guard, we have approximately uh, 10,200 soldiers, a little bit more than that. And in Air Guard, we have another 3,100 soldiers. So my, I'm responsible for the 10,200 uh, Army Guard soldiers in all matters pertaining to the Army Guard. So that's that's anything from training, equipping, uh, make uh, health, making sure they're good to go for any missions. We have to serve both uh, on, on the homeland and abroad. So as an Army National Guard veteran myself, um, a lot of people don't realize that the Army National Guard is part of the U.S. Army. Uh, and also yes. the Air National Guard is part of the U.S. Air Force. Um, so, uh, how this important is that as far as the strength of the overall Army in itself? And kind of give us a little bit of people that don't really know, a little bit of background. People that have uh, kids that are going to join the National Guard, they think they're not in the Army. <laughs> they think they're just going to go and do like a, some kind of reserve training, whatever, and they're not going to ever get activated. What is what are some of the responsibilities of the Army National Guard? Well, so uh, not too long ago, the Army National Guard and the Air National Guard, we were considered a strategic reserve, which basically meant that, you know, 
we had minimum amount of training standards to meet uh, and that we were just on call in event something big happened in the world and, and active duty army needed some assistance. But that all changed with the Middle East uh, war. And what active duty army realized was that they couldn't fight that war without the help of the guard and reserves. So as we fought alongside our active duty uh, brothers and sisters, we transitioned from a strategic reserve to an operational force. So basically that means that we have to be ready on a moment's notice to be able to serve abroad alongside our active duty brothers and sisters. So for someone that's contemplating joining the National Guard, I always would recommend that they understand that we are, our requirements are a little bit higher than what they used to be and that we are to be ready. Our first and foremost responsibility is to win, is to fight and win our nation's war. That's even before our homeland uh, mission. So if you're going to join, it's a, it's a, it's, it, we're a different uh, National Guard than we were when I first enlisted some th- uh, over 35 years ago. But it's a good thing because with that comes a lot of responsibility and a lot of opportunities to, to fight alongside our active duty brothers and sisters and, 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 and show that we can win our nation's war uh, at, at when our nation calls us. I think that's really profound that you mentioned that because this, I think the National Guard and the Reserves as well play an integral role in the overall strength and health of the United States Army and the military itself. When you first joined the military, you joined as a Marine Reservist. How was your, how was it, what was the transition like going from the Marines to the Army or to the National Guard and, and what made you make that, that change? Great. Uh, so uh, it, I was an enlisted member while I was in the Marines. So I, I, uh, I had enlisted uh, for six years, six by two of six years active, and two years my name on a, on a list that I can be called up at any time. So after I completed my initial contract, I was, I, I was at the rank of E5. And I had a good friend of mine, uh, uh, not only a good friend, but former college roommate and frat brother who said, Hey, Rod, what are you doing now that you're done with the Marines? And I was like, I'm doing nothing. I serve my country honorably. I'm calling it quits. Long story short, he convinced me. He saw more in me than I saw myself. He said, we can use someone like you over in the Guard as an officer in the Guard. Because at the time, I had uh, completed my bachelor's degree. He said, you already have your bachelor's degree. You can come over here. We have a part-time officer candidate school program. And, and you can come over here, you can be always in the guard and have a great career. And based on that conversation, I took his advice, and that what sparked my interest in moving over to the guards for the Marines. And I never looked back ever since that conversation. What are some of the things you learned in the guard, particularly when you're deployments? Because when you first got deployed overseas, how did that change your life, and also what did what did you how did you grow and develop out of those experiences? Yeah, so my first deployment, I worked with some of uh, NATO allies, you know, every day, and so that gave me a perspective of what it is to work with other countries that share the same interests, and that was the security and protection of our of each nation that we represented, and so. For the first time in my life, I experienced life outside 
of Illinois per se, and and light of of, of of the and I learned the importance of what national security meant not only to the United States but to our coalition partners, and that within itself, I grew as an individual. That was the first time I really realized how important national security was, and that that just helped me grow as an individual. Hmm. So how important is national security? Because we think about national security, oftentimes, particularly when politicians use that word, I think some of us think it's it's used too much and doesn't really, people don't really understand what that really means. That everything is na- is a national, it becomes a national security issue when you, when you watch news and things like that. What is national security really about? So, again, as I look at, so I, I, I've been blessed that, uh, as, as you mentioned in the introduction, I was in, been in, I was in law enforcement for for twenty three years. So you think about you know national security on a on a on a larger scale than law enforcement. Law enforcement, your local law enforcement, is responsible for the safety and the protection of the citizens of that particular community. So without the basic law enforcement, you cannot move around in your community and do the things that we just take for granted. Same thing at the national level. The national security is basically protecting our borders of our nation so that we can move around freely things that we take a, take take advantage of every day but we're, we're able to do it because we have a, such a strong national defense so that's the importance of national affairs. if you think about think about what's happening in ukraine right now mm-hmm. they don't have they they're they're fighting for their national defense because they have someone trying to encroach their borders and in, in some cases they have already but they're, they're trying to fight back because they because they just want to enjoy the simple things in life that many of us take uh, granted of uh, uh, every day. So that's how important national security is. And then when you when you were working in law enforcement, you became the chief police uh, the chief of police for the city of Bellwood here in Illinois. What experiences did you bring from your military career that really helped you excel at that position? Well, so I so what I. What I brought to that position was that I, at that point in my life, I, I, I had excelled to uh, uh, I think I was I complete a battalion command, which is I was in charge of some uh, close to a thousand soldiers, and then so running a department of fifty uh, uh, sworn personnel was a little bit easier than you know commanding a battalion of a thousand soldiers. So, so what I brought to that table is when I assumed that role was that I made every member of my uh, staff feel that they're uh, part of the team and they, and that their, their ideals matter and that they would, and that I would take their, their ideals into consideration in shaping that department uh, for the future. And so that is something that, that I learned as an officer and as a leader in a, in a guard. And it just helped me, uh, when I transitioned to that position as chief of police. So what advice would you give to uh, police chiefs around the country? Because from our living in Illinois and, and, and moving through Maywood and Bellwood and those areas, it's, it, Maywood and Bellwood, particularly when you were there, seemed like everything was under control. As you mentioned before, the ability mm-hmm. to move freely through the community. And I, mm-hmm. I always felt that that was the case, you know, during the time when you were in that police force. So what would you advise people who are in the position that you were in to be successful at their job, particularly with all the controversy today with mm-hmm. police shootings and people that are mm-hmm. not satisfied with how, what they're being, how they're being treated by the police and, and still the rampant crime that exists in a lot of communities? 
So, so at the end of the day, an individual that puts that puts on that uniform have to believe that they're there for that that particular community that they work in. And if you believe that, you're gonna you're gonna provide that community that level of service that they deserve. And that's one thing I always enjoyed about work for Bellwood. We've always, during my time, I can only speak about during my time, we've always championed the thought that we are here to serve the community and that the the best way to do that is to get out there every day and make sure that the community can move about freely and can, can go to work eight hours a day and come back home without worrying about their door being kicked in and somebody uh, stealing items from their home. That's what it's about. And, and, and just having a relationship with the community, uh, having things that bring uh, the community and the police together. And so if we can get back to that, I think that's the basis for at least establishing that there, there is an, an adversarial relationship between police and community. It's, it's, a, it's a togetherness that can, that can coexist. So, Major General, tell us about when you were deployed again. So when you got deployed, what advice would you give to service members today who have never been deployed? Um, how do they psychologically prepare themselves for deployment when they feel that it could be extended, particularly? You know, we're talking yeah. about a couple of years, two or three years, maybe maybe longer. So so the good news is that the, the uh, they've got it down to the second. They know it's, it's very stressful. Uh, position to be deployed. So they got it down to a science where at a, unless you volunteer, you're only going to serve over uh, uh, deployed for one year, right? Unlike back in the day when it was World War II, you could serve two or three years away and, you know, you'd be gone for that period of time. But now, because of the Army has really come uh, full circle, it's good. at the most, it's a year uh, in, in uh, deployment. So that's a good thing. But how do you prepare? So I've always said, and I tell my soldiers this to the day, because I, uh, I still, I am still responsible for sending troops overseas for assignments, but uh, they're not at the at the at the numbers that it was at the height of the Middle Eastern uh, war. But there are still some units going, uh, soldiers going out the door and serving overseas. But anyway, so what I, I always tell soldiers, every every now and then you get something, you get an opportunity to do something great for your country. Something that you have prepared for all your life. This is the opportunity. Now, now go and show that you're ready to do this particular assignment. Stay safe and come back. So, have confidence. I tell soldiers, have confidence in, in your ability because that's what you've been training on your entire time in this military. So now you get an opportunity to demonstrate that you understand your your job and that you can effectively do it in a stressful environment. So the bottom line is I tell myself to have confidence in your ability that you already proven that you have. I think that's great advice. <clears throat> Excuse me. So major general. So when you look at what's happening in this, in the city today, and particularly the fact that over the last 20 years or so, black men have not been joining the military in the numbers that once were, um, do you see that the, the, you, you've had tremendous success and, and benefited tremendously from your experience in the military? Do yeah. you see that opportunity? What would you say to black men today who maybe are looking for a direction, um, need some direction, maybe don't have a lot of opportunities in their community? 
how would you advise them that, that the military is still a place where they can find opportunity and do something with their lives productive and go to places that maybe they never even dreamed of? Yeah. Yeah. So I would, uh, so I would advise them to listen, go, go meet a, go, go seek a recruiter, right? Go sit down and talk to a recruiter. And, Cause I believe part of the, part of the problem is they don't really understand the value of, of per, uh, per being a member of the military and how much it can make their, their lives that much better and, and provide more opportunities. Um, but you don't know what you don't know. And so one of the things that uh, I've been doing since I assumed my role almost uh, 19 months ago is I'm out here, I'm trying to make, to, to attend as many events as possible that I can, so I can interact with young people and to let them know the advantages and some opportunity opportunities that the military can offer, and 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 the advantage particularly of the National Guard, this the National Guard and the Reserves. But I'm I'm, just, I'm biased toward the National Guard, obviously. It's the it's you can serve your country and still live in your community, and get all the benefits that comes with that without ever leaving your community. How great is that? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a hundred percent tuition paid. Sorry to interrupt you, General, but hundred percent yes. tuition paid, and and uh, for any state school, and that's pretty much across any yes. state uh, guard program, for the Air Guard, Army and, Guard. And, yeah, and, and we're not just talking about the bachelor's degree. You can you can get up to a PhD or a, or a JD. You can you can get several degrees. Uh, not only just tuition, but you have you have health insurance, you have retirement benefits. You, it just it's just so 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 many other uh, options or opportunities. And how about this? The basic, you learn a trade. You learn how to do something that the government is paying for you to learn, free free to you. It's a skill set that you'll keep for the rest of your life. How, how great is that? Mm-hmm. So, Major General, where do you want to see the National Guard go, particularly the Illinois National Guard? Um, what is your vision for? Our, our, our forces for the next, say, five to ten years? What do you want to see us uh, progress to and evolve into? So what I, so what I'm saying now, and we're, 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 we're starting this, and it, we have some great traction, uh, a, a, a force that, that feels inclusive to everyone, right? I'm a, I have to be honest with you. When I started some 30-some years ago, uh, I, it, it wasn't a, a very inclusive force. But I'm proud to say that we are we are we are working on being a very in- inclusive force for everyone. Make we want everyone to put on that uniform and serve in our organization. Feel that they belong because they do. The minute you you qualify to join our ranks and you raise your hand, you take that oath, you belong. And we it's up to us as leaders in in our organization to make everyone feel that they belong. And so we have a great. We have a great team of leaders that that's, that's that's working on making every every soldier that put on a uniform, stand in our formation, feel that they belong, and that they will have an opportunity in our organization. Well said. So, any final thoughts? Uh, so, uh, it's just it's just uh, the the Illinois National Guard and and it, to include and then the, my experience in the reserves have have really afforded me an opportunity that I never would have thought of you know growing up in a 
in a, in a, in a, on the south side of Chicago in public housing on public assistance. You know, life life for me it it, it didn't seem like it was it was it, it had a lot of op- options. But I'm I'm here and I'm proud to say that because I stumbled onto the military because it wasn't introduced to me. I, I don't know why. I, I just didn't really hear much about the military. But somehow I was able to stumble onto the military, and it has afforded me so many opportunities. As you mentioned, I've gone, I deployed three times. In addition to deploying three times, I've been to about five other company uh, countries that uh, on training missions that I never would have gone to hadn't been for the military. So I'm I'm going to spend the next this next chapter of my life in this position. Be hitting the pavement, spreading the word that we we are an organization, the Illinois National Guard. We are an organization that can afford you an opportunity. And this is coming from a kid, again, from the south side of Chicago, uh, raised in, a, in public housing, on public assistance, and a CPS product. I'm telling you, you can do it if you just afford, listen, and, and take a chance on yourself. Bet on yourself, and you can make your, you can have a great life out here. Great words. Major General Roddy C. Boyd, Assistant Adjunct, Major General for the Illinois Army National Guard. Thank you for your time, sir. Thank you for having me. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.